Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast, episode 128. I'm Cassandra from the Newfoundland and Labrador Brain Injury Association and my co-host Miriam. Today we'll be talking to Erica Norman. But first, just a little bit about the NL Brain Injury Association. You can find our website at www.nlbia.ca. You can also find us on Facebook at NL Brain Injury Association, Instagram at NL Brain Injury Association, and Twitter at InjuryNL. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Concussion Talk Podcast is presented by HeadCheck Health. HeadCheck Health bridges the gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. To run organizations like the Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on HeadCheck Health to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadCheckHealth.com for more. Welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. So I understand you have a personal experience with brain injury. Do you mind sharing your story with us? No, not at all. Um, so 2017 in November, I was living in the United States. I was working as an engineer at the time. And I was going to the gym quite frequently. I love to stay on top of um, exercise. And um, I was just finishing my last little bit of my workout and I heard a pop what almost when I can reflect on was like felt like if you know if you're like ear popped on an airplane type thing I just felt a pop and I didn't really think much of it so I carried on finished my last exercise it was literally my my last exercise and I had gotten up to walk to the the locker rooms and um all of a sudden within I'd say a minute from the time I heard the pop, um, I, the room started spinning and it started to spin more and more and more. Um, I started, I started to kind of lose my balance and, but I know, I recognized a guy that 
was at the gym quite frequently, didn't quite know him, but like could recognize him. I kind of grabbed him by the arm and was like, can you please help me? Can you take me to the, I cheer over there, which was like the reception desk area. And so he helped me walk over as I was walking over the, the, the spinning was getting worse and worse. Um, and my, I noticed my left arm almost felt like it was trying to float away from my body. Um, like I kind of lost control of my left arm. So when I had gone over, then I started vomiting. Um, someone had given me a bucket and I just couldn't stop vomiting. Everything was spinning so much that I couldn't stabilize anything anymore. I couldn't really see anybody. Um, but I, st I immediately told somebody, please call an ambulance. I knew something wasn't right. Um, someone called an ambulance. And by the time the ambulance showed up, um, I was able to tell them about my arm, but then I'd say 10 seconds into my conversation, my, my words were kind of going to like baby mumbles. I was kind of starting to lose my speech. And um, at that point, I kind of, I knew I was having a stroke, um, but I couldn't really verbalize it anymore. Um, so I just kind of started taking myself through some breathing exercises, calming myself down. I was like, if I panic right now, I think things are going to get worse. So the ambulance had um, brought me to um, an emergency department. Now in the States, the emergency departments are often separate from the hospitals. So it was like a, a, a separate uh, emergency department. I was there for quite some time. Um, and all I really remember was um, the doctor coming over to me saying, I think you are having a severe episode of vertigo. He, I think your crystals are out. Um, at that point, I couldn't really speak anymore. But I was vomiting so much, so I don't think he really recognized that I couldn't speak anymore. Um, just because I, I, I had a bucket in front of me the entire time. I remember there was a clock on the wall and I knew I was going in and out of consciousness um, because the time was changing. Every time I opened my eyes, it was like a couple hours later. I think I was there for several hours um, and they, I, I remember they took me for a CT scan um, and they found a brain bleed um, in my cerebellum. So I had a stroke. Um, I was rushed to the nearest hospital, unfortunately was an hour away. So I was rushed to the nearest hospital in an ambulance. And I, I kind of lost everything. I think I went out of, out of consciousness. I lost everything until I woke up in the OR was bright and I remember just seeing what I was the neurosurgeon I didn't know at the time the doctor and um, she was just kind of leaning over me and to me it was like when I opened my eyes she had a big smile on her face but it almost looked like she was crying I think she kind of thought I was going but thankfully I didn't um, and then I was into the ICU for a week long in, in the States. And um, when I cleared out ICU for a week, um, my um, parents came and, well, they came while I was in ICU, but they helped me return home to Newfoundland. And um, a couple of weeks later, I uh, started my recovery at the Miller Center.
So I found out when I was in the United States that I was born with an ABM, an arteriovenous malformation. Um, and that was what they suspect uh, was the pop that I had heard, that it had ruptured and, um, and I had had a brain bleed. So I was, and that was in my cerebellum. Yeah. Well, that's quite the story. I'm sure during your recovery, you must have faced a lot of challenges and obstacles. Would you mind talking about those? Absolutely. Um, so I started when I came home, I started in a wheelchair just for a couple of days. And then I, uh, my sister had kind of taken me and she was off work at the time. So I, I stayed at my sister's place and she helped me a lot. And I then transitioned to a walker. Um, and there was a couple weeks um, period in between where I had to wait to go to um, like physio at the, at the Miller Center or like the outpatient program. And uh, a, a very good friend of mine um, offered to help me. And so he was a physio and he, uh, as soon as I met him, he was like, okay, today is the last day you are using your walker. Um, so from there on out, I no longer use it. But one challenge when I was using my walker, um, I noticed a lot of people um, spoke to me almost like they had uh, recognized that almost like a physical disability and spoke to me like I had a, a mental or emotional disability attached to that. So that was a, a large struggle of mine. Um, of course, on top of that, losing your independence, I didn't realize how impacting that could be and how um, almost em embarrassing it could be when somebody else needs to shower and bathe you during a period of time. Um, so that was a big struggle. And what I've noticed was, despite the physical struggle, I think the emotional side of it was almost just as hard you know um what other struggles i had so some of my physical deficits i had left side weakness um and balance so where it's the cerebellum i had lost my coordination balance um and so i stumbled i fell and I had to build back that strength. Um, but then I start, as I started getting stronger, um, I, I started developing fear that it would happen again. I was like, well, there's an ABM there. What if it ruptures again? Um, so that's when we went into communicating with doctors about, you know, following up with like the radiation treatment and that type of thing. So I had gone through with uh, a gamma knife radiation treatment. It was a one-time treatment um, from my understanding. It was active for up to four years. Um, and I had risks of brain swelling. Um, I was told about a 20% chance roughly of, of brain swelling. Um, however, unfortunately I fell within that 20%. So I had a second episode um, of brain stem swelling um, that began uh, early, like January to February uh, 2020. Um, and that I think was harder than the stroke to begin with. Um, it was a lot more slower recovery. Um, it actually felt like symptoms were 
similar to a concussion patient. Um, not so much left side weakness, um, but I had a lot of other physical um, symptoms that was just a lot slower to work through. So I would go through rehab, but I didn't see the effects like I did the first time. Um, so it was just almost unmotivating to do my rehab at times because I was like, well, before I, I did it and I saw these great gains, um, but this time I'm doing it and it's taking a lot longer to see what would be small gains. Um, so that was, uh, the second time around was almost a little bit harder, for sure. It sounds like you definitely encountered a lot of obstacles during your recovery period. Is there anything that helped you through any of those challenges? Um, meditating for sure um, was a big one. Um, I started meditating um, with my second episode. Um, I wish I had started it sooner, actually. Um, but I remember um, with my second episode, I had bilateral INO. Um, it was the first case within Newfoundland and I was admitted into the hospital. Um, that was a huge challenge. And I remember when I started meditating because I couldn't see and with the INO, your eyes don't quite coordinate together. Um, so everything, like every time I moved my eyes, nothing would stabilize. Um, so that was a huge emotional challenge for me. Um, and I had no idea how long it would take for this to get better. Knowing the fact that I was the first case here, I was like, well, do they know how long this is going to take to get better? Am I going to get better? So I started meditating. Um, and one time I, I spent, I think, almost two hours meditating um, and doing a lot of deep breathing. And um, when I opened my eyes after my meditation, I couldn't believe how much more clearly I could see. It made some sort of difference. I can't exactly say physiologically what that difference was, but there was a difference um, after that meditation period. Um, and I'm still kind of shocked over even now being into the healthcare industry, I'm still kind of shocked that it had such an impact. Um, but other than that, I had a huge support system. I have a, I have a large family um, who often, you know, helped me a lot and, and friends who helped me, um, encouraged me a lot of the times through my, my recovery and struggle, you know, I would say things, I can't do that. I can't do that. And a lot of the people around me kind of was like, Erica, stop. You have to try to do that. Sorry. Just thinking back and reflecting, sometimes it can be emotional, but people were just so good to me and encouraging to help me through. Sorry. No worries. You're good. And I think about a lot of people out there who struggle and recover through something like this and they don't have that support so um when I met Nick Nick and I talked about trying to develop more of a support group and a support system for other people out there who are struggling in that type of way and I think it's something that we're preliminarily discussing 
when I think that we can make a huge difference in people's lives. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, no, I think um, having that family support, those friendships, supporting you through those hard times is so important. Um, I know we had Michelle Plowman on who kind of talked about that as well, how important those supports are when you're um, going into the recovery. Uh, So we're going to kind of switch now and uh, we want to ask you about your educational background, where you studied, where you completed the education. So did you want to tell us about that? Absolutely. So I, I went to Memorial University um, after high school and I started um, engineering and I graduated in 2015 with a mechanical engineering degree. Um, I was really like in high school, I was really good at like, you know, sciences, maths, things like that. I was good with numbers. Didn't quite after high school know what it was I wanted to do, but I I said, well, I'm good at these courses. Why don't I give this a shot? Through engineering, um, I really enjoyed the challenges, um, but realized towards the end, I don't know if this is quite for me. So that's when I decided to move. I moved to Houston, Texas. And um, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And so I worked in oil and gas in Houston, Texas. And I was there for a little while, but I was like, this is just still not my career path. It's not what I'm meant to do. So I struggled for a little while. And then I um, was like, okay, well, let's try a different area. So then I moved from Texas and I went to Indiana and that's where I, I had my stroke. 
but I was taken on by an orthopedic um, like manufacturing company called Zimmer Biomed. And um, it was a clinical review consultant position, but they wanted an engineer who could understand their um, orthopedic systems, their knee, hip replacements, those types of systems from an engineering perspective. But I basically did a lot of like research, um, clinical research on how those devices performed. Um, during that time, um, they kind of helped me with anatomy courses to make sure I understood the body. And then the more I learned about the body, the more I was like, I really like the human body um, and like learning about it. And so, but then I had my stroke and then I came home and went through the recovery process. And I spent, as you can imagine, a long time in, in physio clinics, working with people and um, the physios, they were just so amazing at their job. And through the recovery, they were so supportive. And when it came time for discharge and I started thinking, well, can't go back to being an engineer. This wasn't for me. And I started thinking about, well, life is far too short to um, work through a job that you don't love or to not be happy with what you're doing. Um, and I recognized through my recovery that a lot of the times communicating with people, especially um, anyone really, I just, I always would think, I just wish somebody understood what, you know, what it, what it meant. And I'm sure a lot of healthcare professionals understand, they, they study and they learn, but from a struggling perspective, I really wanted someone who understood talking to somebody who understood. So I found a lot of times I was trying to explain things by putting them into like uh, some type of analogy where someone could understand. So then I, when I started to recover, I was like, I think I really want to be a physio more, more than anything. I just want to be that person who understands struggle. And it doesn't mean their struggle has to be the same as mine, but somebody who knows what it's like to go through something so difficult. So then I applied to physio school in Scotland and I was accepted and I moved to Scotland in 2019, just a couple years after my recovery and, or a couple years after my stroke about, really it was only about eight months after my recovery. And I went to school and I graduated in last year in 2021 um, with a master's in physiotherapy. So from there now I work at TSL Physio um, here in town. Um, and, I, and I love my job. I'm so happy. And it was the life change that I needed. And I'm so passionate about helping people and understanding their struggle and we connect well. So that's my educational journey. But yeah, more than anything, my journey to finding the right path for me. Yeah, that's really amazing that you're using your own personal experiences to kind of branch off into a career that you seem to really enjoy. Mm -hmm. So at your clinic, what kind of services do you provide at work? So the clinic we work with, um, 
we see a large variety of people. Um, I would say it's MSK dominant, um, but I definitely still work with um, patients in, in neural rehab. I have a few patients of mine um, that come in to see me with neuro who have had strokes or brain injury. I have a couple patients from brain injury um, who are trying to learn how to walk um, and uh, similar struggles to me. And more than anything, I think we connect so well because I can recognize uh, that I understand what they're going through. Um, and I've noticed a lot of those patients feel like they can open up and maybe say some things that they would hide back and be like, oh, well, I don't think they'll understand this. So they don't vocalize um, what, how they're feeling or what they're feeling. And I find working with those patients um, or all patients, I get a high level of reward. Um, but I see a lot of um, MSK and I think it's really important for me from my understanding before I go and specialize in it into any area, I just wanna make sure that I understand from an MSK um, perspective conditions. Like, cause you know, if I see a stroke patient in the future, they can still have their falls and, and hurt their shoulder and things like that, right? So I wanted to make sure that I understood the, 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 all the MSK side of things. Um, but on top of that, we see a lot of people in the clinic um, with um, pelvic health. Um, so a lot of moms come in with pelvic um, pain or discomfort, um, low back pain. Um, so we see a large variety of people in the clinic. Yeah, it sounds like you bring your own personal experiences with brain injury into your practice and physiotherapy, which is really great to hear. So if a client was to come in, is there any intake requirements to any of your services or anything that they might need to know? Um, no, um, we normally, you know, we'll, we normally um, start from day one. They'll, you know, of course, fill out their intake forms and things like that. Um, Usually um, forms may be specific to certain conditions. So we may ask, you know, what they're coming in for. But for the most part, um, you know, the, we have a, um, administrative staff and kinesiologists on staff who really help with making sure people um, have the tools that they need before coming to the clinic. So they work with people right from the start. So nothing specific, more, more than anything, bring yourself. That's what's most important because you know early early conversations are good and um, sometimes just having that conversation and, and getting the ball rolling is is the key to starting so yeah more than anything just bring yourself <laughs> I know you mentioned that you see a wide variety of different clients and injuries is there anything that you find that is common um absolutely um more than anything, I um, low back pain, I see a lot. Um, and uh, we have a wonderful, one of the owners at the clinic, um, she's wonderful. She knows low back and pelvis quite well. Um, and she's really helped mentor me into understanding the pelvis. And I think, um, if anything, it was more mind opening to understand how the pelvis works and how it affects on the low back and how it affects on, um, you know, knee pain, ankle pain, and how it works its way down the chain or works its way up the chain. 
So uh, we see a lot of like low back and pelvic conditions um, at the clinic. Um, but yeah, more than anything. And I'd love to see athletes too. I also work um, with Carl English's Basketball Academy as well. Um, so we see a lot of ankle sprains. Um, well, I do um, just because athletes are coming in with their ankle sprain or, or their knee injured or um, you know, hurt their hip or back from a fall, that type of thing. So there is just a, a large variety of conditions. And uh, it seems like the biggest one is low back and pelvic pain um, for most people. So I'm sure you've seen a lot of different conditions and treated a lot of different patients. Is there any positive outcomes from specific treatments that you've seen that you've provided that have kind of made your day? Um, oh God, yes, absolutely. Um, when someone feels better leaving the clinic, it just, I go home happy. Um, and we always set goals right from day one. Um, so I've definitely seen um, specifically one um, brain injury and neuro patient who brings me a lot of self-reward. Um, you know, this patient wanted to get back to hiking again and cycling again and um, playing the piano. Um, and we've gotten, um, over the last few weeks, we've gotten through the hiking and cycling. Um, he was a brain injury patient who kind of um, presented similar to a stroke. Um, and we said, okay, we were going to set some goals of getting back to the activities that um, that patient wanted to do. And so back to hiking and cycling already. And we're working on the piano bit. Um, that's a lot more like, you know, fine detail, fine motor, dexterity work. So it's taken a little bit more. Um, but when the patient comes in and, and tells me that I went for a bike ride yesterday, I never thought that I was going to do that yet. Or I went for a hike um, with my friends. I had no idea I would do this already. Um, that means so much to me. I'm so passionate about wanting people to have a good, um, healthy, um, active quality, like positive quality, po positive quality of life. Um, so that means so much to me. Um, the bigger picture about getting out and doing the things you love and not so much did we say goodbye to your pain? It's more about, well, what are you doing now that brings you good quality of life? And that means a lot to me. That gives me a lot of self-reward. Yeah, it's really great to see um, how passionate you are about um, the work you do. Uh, so lastly, we just wanted to ask um, if you have any social media pages or websites for your clinic, contact information that you wanted to share with any of the listeners that might be interested. Absolutely. Um, so I'm at TSL Physio on White Rose Drive. Um, there, are, there are two locations, one in Churchill Square, but I'm mainly at the one in at White Rose Drive. But more than anything, we will try to accommodate people as best we can. Um, so TSL Physio has a face or Instagram page and it's TSL Physio. Um, I have um, 
a personal Instagram page, but I also have a training um, page as well, where it's enorman.pt, and that's an Instagram page that I recently started um, and hoping to do more with. But my personal Instagram page is Erica Norman underscore, and that's E-R-I-C-A um, Norman underscore. Um, I haven't started a Facebook page just yet. I'm hoping to get to that sometimes. Sometimes when you're busy, busy and um, doing so much, it's hard to keep up with social media. Um, but um, those are... I'm on Facebook as well, but it's not like um, a, a professional page for me yet on Facebook. Um, but those will be my Instagram pages that I, I mainly will use. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. It was really great to hear your story. Oh, thank you so much. I apologize for sometimes being emotional about it, but I think if anything, it shows my passion and the realness and the genuineness around the struggle involved it definitely does for sure thank you so much it was so nice to meet you ladies and have a great chat and hopefully we can chat soon yes we love that for sure and i'd just like to thank nick for letting me and miriam take over his podcast for the month of june we had a great time and unfortunately this is our last one but we hope you guys all enjoyed so thank you so much for tuning in with us yep and we once again, we have another ABLE next week. So if anyone's interested, come to those. <laughs> thank you so much to Cassandra and Miriam for being great hosts this month. And thank you, of course, to Michelle, Ashley, Jake, and Erica for being on the podcast. And please follow this podcast wherever you, wherever you get your podcast and on a good pods app. And please... Subscribe, rate, and view. And more importantly, please consider donating to the Newfoundland Labrador Ranger Association, the NLBIA at NLBIA.ca. Thank you so much. I'll have a new podcast out next week, July 5th. Music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound, www.bensound.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.